This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. What's up? What's up, everybody? Ricky Widmer here, along with the Mark Weber. And we are here for another edition of the Onside Kick right here on Most Valuable Podcast. You might be saying to yourself, Ricky, I am confused because first off, I'm looking right at you. I don't see the overtop view. I don't see you and Mark at the table. I just see you. I see the mic in front of your face. What's going on? Well, with the Thanksgiving holidays rolling around, Mark could not make it in. So Mark is calling in via the MVP hotline. So we got Mark on the phone. We're still doing the onside kick, still giving you the video that you love to see. So you guys just to get to see my beautiful face and just get to hear Mark's beautiful voice. But Mark, before we get into this jam-packed show, a little bit of housekeeping for you guys at home. Number one, make sure to check out patreon.com backslash most valuable podcast to help support the channel more so than liking, more so than sharing the podcast. That link down below in the description. And then number two, go on to iTunes. Give us that five-star rating that we ask for every week. It would mean the world to us. The Onside Kick, the Primetime Podcast, the Fast Break, and the Rick and Johnny Podcast. Go give us five stars each on iTunes. Whether you use iTunes or you do not, go ahead and give us that five stars. But Mark, we got a jam-packed show today talking about the Bills, talking about the Saints, talking about the Kansas City Chiefs before we round everything up and make our picks for Week 12 in the NFL. But the thing we're going to start off with is the Buffalo Bills and... The Bills had a little bit of controversy heading into this week. They're not going to start Tyrod Taylor. They're going to start Peterman. Peterman throws five interceptions. Tyrod plays in the game. They lose to the L.A. Chargers. I'm going to ask you to start. Should the Bills start Tyrod Taylor this week against the Chiefs? You know, they have to, right? I mean, the, the experiment failed. It shouldn't have come to this. They shouldn't have benched Tyrod Taylor. There really was not a reason to. Um, but it goes it goes to my, my conspiracy theory that the Buffalo Bills this entire time want to sabotage Tyrod Taylor for reasons unknown. I you, you have to you have to start him. He's the better quarterback. At the same time, I say that knowing that when you make that decision, you kind of have played your hand, and. For their standpoint, they're probably they probably have to stick with the decision that they made, even though it was the wrong decision. But mm-hmm. they should be playing Tyrod. Well, and that's why I'm I'm torn on this decision because originally I'm in the same mindset as you. Is you you said you were starting Peterman? You start Peterman no matter how bad this goes. Yeah, you benched him last week, but you're gonna play him this week, and you're gonna let him continue that progression. That's a part of me thinks. The other part of me goes, you know what? I'm looking at the standings and we're tied with Baltimore right now. We're in the playoff hunt. Do we really want to lose games when we can win them and probably sneak it sneak in as the sixth seed? That's the thing that confused me most about this benching, by the way, you're a playoff team or in the playoff yeah. hunt and you decide to mm. bench your quarterback. Like, it didn't make sense to me. 
yeah, it doesn't make sense. Why would you? Why make a change now? Mm-hmm. You know, it, you you got to ride the hot hand. I mean, you as a Minnesota Vikings fan understands this better than most people will right now. Since we're not going um, with Teddy, exactly. You're you're not going with the quarterback who is most likely the better quarterback. Mm-hmm. I say most likely only because of injury. That's the only reason I put yeah. the most likely. Otherwise, he's 100% without a doubt better than Case Keenum as a quarterback. But, you know, he's won, what, seven of the last nine games? Mm-hmm. You're not going to bench him now. Um, although I will say, I think Zimmerman, uh, or Mike Zimmer, uh, deserves a little bit of flack for not being willing to commit to uh, to him. He's not benching him, but he's not really showing a lot of confidence in him either. Uh, the problem for, you know, for, for Buffalo right now is they don't want to pull a Cleveland Browns, mm-hmm. you know? They don't want to sit there with, with uh, this quarterback controversy of start the rookie, all right, bench him, mid-game, put, the, put this backup in. We're going to play the backup. All right, we're going to bench the backup again and put the rookie back in. You don't want to get into this cycle of continually destroying their confidence. I mean, that was a big thing. They were talking about with all these rookies that got drafted this year was that they didn't – a lot of the uh, experts and the scouts are saying you don't really want these guys to start yet because you don't want to mess up their development early on by having them you know, have a terrible first start, a terrible mm-hmm. experience like Kaiser did over in Cleveland um, where now everyone's kind of being like, all right, well, Cleveland might be drafting another quarterback now. You know, um, fortunately, I don't believe that Buffalo thought Peterman was going to be their starting quarterback in the future, um, but they obviously don't believe in Tyrod either. Well, and the thing that I think of is Buffalo's in a situation where they're right in a crossroads, and they've got to decide quick, and they've got to basically decide now which way they want to go. There's two roads you can take. The first road, and this is the road that I think that most fans will be on because most fans just want to win games and make it to the playoffs, is you start Tyrod Taylor. He's your quarterback. He's the better of the two. You ride it out. You most likely make the playoffs for the AFC because I look at the playoff standings right now, and the teams that you're tied with, you're tied with the Baltimore Ravens, but the ones right behind you, the Dolphins, they're a team that has not been good this season. They've been blown out three times. They've allowed over, I want to say, 40 points per game two or three times this season. The Jets aren't a playoff team. The Bengals aren't consistent. The Houston Texans, they were on a roll. They lost to Sean, uh, to Sean Watson. And then you have the Chargers who could be sneaking their way back up, but that might be more of a divisional thing than a playoff thing. So you really have Baltimore to really worry about and you go ahead and you lose a game this week because Baltimore played Green Bay and that whether you're unless you're the Green Bay or the Chicago Bears it's an easy win for you when you play Brett Hundley and the Packers that's road one start Tyrod shoot for a playoff spot however the thing that leads to is let's say you get the sixth spot you'll be right around where you are right now ish right now you're 18 you're going to be a 20-ish pick if you make the playoffs. And I wonder if the Buffalo management sits there and they go, you know what? There's this other road 
of we start Peterman, we tank games, we get a higher pick, and then that gives us the opportunity to, opportunity to either move up for a higher pick in the first round and get a quarterback or allow one of these quarterbacks to fall to us earlier on in the draft because there could be teams this year that necessarily don't need a quarterback, but they go, yeah, you know what? We're going to take one because it's so rich here. So those are the two roads. Most fans, I would assume, want to make the playoffs, but there could be fans out there that say, you know what? Tank away. I don't want to make it to the first round, lose, and then get a 20-something pick in the first round. Yeah, the idea of tanking is not something that's that prevalent um, in in the the NFL. NFL. I mean, you do get to that point in like week 13 Mm -hmm. or maybe even week 12 where you say, you know what, screw it. Let's see what we got in the kid. And maybe that's the point that Buffalo is at. Maybe they have already come to terms in their own minds of, yeah, Tyrod, he's getting cut or traded if at all possible. Well, they do have a Um, potential out after this year. And maybe they've gotten to the point where they're like, nope, he is done. We are done with him, which, once again, I still don't get. He's not an amazing quarterback, mm-hmm. but he's a good quarterback. He's better than what you have right now. Um, but maybe they've gotten to the point where, like, let's just see what Peterman's got. Mm-hmm. You know, we're just going to ride with him. But the problem is then you don't bench him, you know, halfway through his first start of his NFL career. And I get it. The kid threw five interceptions. I think he had three interceptions before he threw eight passes. I might be a little off on that number. So I think you may be right, because I remember our group text saying, I think it was Dave that said it, he goes, hey man, you know what? He is five of eight passing. The only thing is three of them have been to the other team. Right. Um, you know, and it's just, I get that it was terrible and he threw five interceptions mm-hmm. in the first half. But you know what? If you're going to do this, if you're going to make this move, then just do it. Just commit. Because if they go back now and they're like, yeah, I know that we had to pull him, but now we're going to put him back out there. you know." Or on the other side, they say, yeah, that was a mistake. Tyrod's starting now. It's a no-win situation for the mm-hmm. Buffalo Bills. They look bad no matter what they do at this point. There's no, there's no looking good here. Um, so it's just unfortunate. It was just a boneheaded move. It really was. There was not really a good reason to pull Tyrod. They did it. They didn't fully commit to it. And it's not a good look. Um, you know, if it's me, as much as part of me says, you know, you were the one who was going to stand up there and say, no thank you to Tyrod. Peterman's mm-hmm. the guy. Then you got to stand up there and you got to commit to it. You got to do it. But if you want to win games, you play Tyrod. Well, and- no questions asked. And that's what the thing that I'm looking at right now is I'm just looking at the Bills and I'm looking at the Ravens because those are the two that are tied right now for that six spot with the Ravens owning the tiebreaker right now. And the Bills moving forward. In your games, you've got the Chiefs this week, which that's a game where the Chiefs early in the year, I would have said that's a win. But with the Chiefs of late... That could be, with Tyrod, you could have a chance to win that game. Then you have the Patriots, you're not winning that game. The Colts could be a win. Two games against the Dolphins, those could be wins. And then another game against the Patriots where I'm sorry, you're not beating the Patriots this year. So you have, to me, 
two for sure losses, maybe three and three if you lose to the Chiefs. Whereas you look at Baltimore, Houston, I think they can beat, especially without uh, Deshaun Watson. Detroit will be tough. The Steelers will be tough. But then to end the season, they've got Cleveland, Indy, and Cincy, where Cincy could be tough. Cleveland's also a divisional game. But in this one, I just I look at it and I look at the Ravens' rest and Baltz, or Boston's rest, or not Boston, Buffalo's rest, and I go 3-3 three and three for the Bills. I look at 4-2 and two for the Ravens. So if you're doing the math at home, that means the Ravens get in by one game. Yeah, and you know it's it's just gonna be it's just difficult, and and we're gonna get to the Chiefs. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I for anybody who is on YouTube and, and we haven't gotten that one posted yet because they go day by day, um, and they're thinking about the Chiefs, the Chiefs are gonna bounce back. You know, you might not, you might be a Sean Anderson, and you don't believe in Alex Smith, and that's okay. But the Chiefs will bounce back. I don't think that they can be. Uh, an easy win for, for the Buffalo Bills. I don't even think the Buffalo Bills have much of a chance against the Chiefs because they got to bounce back sooner rather than later, mm-hmm. um, and we'll talk about them. But, you know, it's just sometimes you have a move, you know, uh, coaching decisions, whatever it might be, whether it's somebody above saying, nope, this is your quarterback now. Um, whatever it might be, some of these decisions just don't, Makes sense. We've had a bunch of them this year. Do you think Mike that Glenn, happened Mike here? Mike Lennon starting at all, you know, benching Kaiser time after time after time, um, and then benching the guy that benches or that caused the benching, benching Tyrod. There's been no logic to so many of these decisions, and I don't know why. It's been a year full of bad quarterback decisions. Do you think that happened in this case where maybe before the game last week, management said, no, we're starting Nathan Peterman, but then mid-game McDermott said, no, you know what, I've seen enough, now Tyrod's in. I don't know, because I don't think that anybody in the Buffalo Bills organization really believes in Tyrod. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they've they've come out and they've shown that in their actions, um, and their words, actually. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if that's it. I think even if everyone 100% was like, yeah, we believe in William Peterman, uh, after watching him throw five interceptions, it's like the mercy rule when we all play in Little League. You know, when that team scored 13 points on you and they're like, all right, nope, it's still the third inning. We're done. You got everybody go home. You know, and they just mm-hmm. they just concede. They just give it up. Um, I think that's more of what we had. This was, do we really want to see this guy throw five more interceptions in the second half? You know, do we really want him to break a record, his first rookie game, his first start of the NFL career ever for, you know, interceptions thrown in a game? Um, Which I don't know what that record is. I imagine it's probably six um, because I know a lot of quarterbacks that have thrown five. So, I don't know. It's just I don't think that anybody believes in Tyrod. I think they were hoping they'd get lucky. They did not. It really blew up in their faces, um, and this type of these type of personnel decisions are the kind of things that cost people jobs. Well, and right now I am going to look that up because I'm kind of intrigued as well. I think it is six quarterbacks have thrown seven interceptions in a game. The that most re- the most recent was Ty Detmer 
of the 2001 Detroit Lions. So seven interceptions is the highest. That's impressive. Peterman could have broke that record. He could have. He could have broken it. Well, and it it reminds me of like when I played – Madden, last year's Madden, I had a quarterback with the Browns and against the Steelers. I don't know why they kept me in. I was, after five, I was questioning it, but I threw like eight picks in a game. And I was like, I don't know why I'm in this game still. They just keep intercepting my passes. But I just, with Buffalo, I feel like they should start Tyrod. I think you should compete for the playoffs. The thing that makes it muddied and like, I'm going to go back to it, is the NFL draft because one there's one guy I think of that the Bills could target because like if Darnold comes out because there's still a question whether or not um, Darnold is going to come out into the draft, it's Darnold and Rosen are 1-2 right now and it looks like they're going to be the next two quarterbacks where it was Jameis and Mariota, it was Goff and Wentz, we always have the discussion of which one's better, which one's number one and which one's number two. It looks like those guys are going to be the two. But there's this other one that was in the news this past week. Brandon and I talked about him on the Primetime Podcast, and that's Baker Mayfield. And like I said, right now the Bills are at the 18th pick. And you and I, this is a shameless plug that I'm throwing out there. We're three weeks away from our first mock draft of the season. I can't wait for it. But the Bills at 18, I wonder if they're sitting there going, you know what? We don't like Tyrod. It is painfully obvious that we don't like Tyrod. Nathan Peterman probably isn't the guy. He was just the guy that we drafted last year just to fill a spot and see if he can develop into something. I wonder if Buffalo Brass is looking and going, We're not going to get Darnold. We're not going to get Rosen. But if we throw Peterman out there, lose a couple of games, maybe we could be in the range to where we could get a Baker Mayfield and they could be looking going, yes, look at the character issues. Let him fall. Let him fall. That's good for us because then he can fall to us and someone who might need a quarterback in front of them, i.e. in Arizona i.e. maybe a New York Jets, maybe a Miami Dolphins, depending on how Tannehill comes back. Then he can fall to us, and we can grab him, and he can be our quarterback. Yeah, I don't don't believe they're intentionally tanking, um, but maybe that's me being a good-hearted person. Mm. (laughs) But I don't know. It it doesn't make sense. It, It didn't work out. Um, play Tyrod and try and get to the playoffs. Don't try and tank. Just just don't bother. I mean, you know, maybe you'll like Baker Mayfield quite a bit, but honestly, these rookie quarterbacks coming out of the draft, it's such a coin toss with these guys on mm-hmm. whether they're going to be good or whether they're going to completely bust um, that you can't, you can't waste an NFL season, uh, which, you know, the average NFL career is about three years. It's not that long. You know, don't waste it on uh, the chance. You know, don't waste some of your good players or even your average players on the chance that maybe one of these rookies will be good and it'll probably, if you're lucky, beyond all luck, you might get a Carson Wentz who's ready Mm -hmm. to go year two to take you to a Super Bowl. Um, But the odds are, you know, you might have a guy who takes, if you even get one of the really good ones, 
who takes three, four, five years to get you there. Well, and the thing that I'm going to throw out there, and this is what I will end it on before I toss it out to you guys um, watching and listening, is if you have a a quarterback, a great quarterback, they can kind of bring your team up and you might not have to have the best team to be a really good team. I mean, I'm trying to find what I mean. Maybe like I kind of want to say the Saints who we're going to talk about next, but their defense has been better this year. But the two that I look at is like the Eagles and the Vikings, both very good teams. However, look at what the Eagles were able to do against the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys missing a linebacker. So were the Eagles missing a left tackle. So were the Eagles missing a running back. So were the Eagles. Yet again, Carson Wentz was able to go out there, and yes, the defense helped, but they were able to win that game and blow out the Dallas Cowboys. Then you look at a team like the Minnesota Vikings where they have a good enough team to where, hey, you know what? We don't need that transcending quarterback. We're winning games with our backup quarterback. So it's kind of a two-sided coin. If you have a good team, yeah, you could be 8-2, and two, but nobody's talking about the Vikings as being a Super Bowl team. They're just a really good team where people are talking about the Eagles, and we even had a segment about them being Super Bowl contenders and their chances of getting to the Super Bowl. So I can understand if Buffalo is thinking about that tanking, which I don't think they're deliberately thinking about tanking. I think it's more of draft position, but you could basically say, Ricky, you just described what tanking is i just think they're throwing out the rookie and saying hey if we lose games whatever but we're not deliberately trying to lose them although it could be seen as kind of like tanking without doing it but i want to throw it on to you guys watching and listening what do you guys think down below should the Bills start tyrod taylor what do you think is going on in buffalo and why do you think the Bills are going through this. Why did they decide to sit Tyrod? Why did they play him in the last game? And should they play him this week against the Chiefs? Let us know what you guys think down below in the comment section. But Mark, let's move on into our next discussion. And we're going from the AFC to the NFC. And we're taking a look at the New Orleans Saints. And what we're looking at here is what we love to do with teams when they do really well. I'm going to be completely honest. We got a tweet. It was targeted at Brandon, but I don't know why it was targeted at Brandon because Brandon had this team going 10-6 and six. in the preseason. I thought this was a 6-10 and 10 Saints team. I was wrong. I was dead wrong about this team. I had them 6-10. and 10. They now have eight wins. Mark, I want to ask you this. Are the Saints a serious Super Bowl contender? Are they a team we should be thinking seriously about winning the Super Bowl this year? Oh, for sure. I mean, here's the thing. I I, I was closer to you than I was to Brandon on this one. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I thought they'd be an okay team. Yeah. Um, but I didn't think they were going to be anything that special. Mm-hmm. What really has worked for them, you know, and the funny thing was I thought if anything was going to work out, it was Adrian Peterson. Um, but he's not even there anymore. You know, Kamara's been such a huge lifting off point for, for this team because they already got Ingram, they got Drew Brees, you know, they got uh, uh, Michael Thomas uh, out there. 
you know, you have all these great weapons on the offensive side of the ball. What you're kind of always been criticizing with the with the Saints was their defense. Mm-hmm. But right now, their defense is stepping it up. You know, so much that I went out and I made sure to get the Saints defense in fantasy <laughs> football because they were kicking ass mm-hmm. for a while. You know, and, and you don't base everything off of fantasy football, but they were doing well. They were getting turnovers. They were doing great. This Saints team right now has always kind of been that team that knows how to put up on offense. They know how to get it done. They just lack defense. Well, if this defense continues to be good, you know, if they continue to play like they were playing on that really hot run they were on, and they have this great one-two in uh, in the backfield for their running backs, plus just having Drew Brees on the team, a guy who typically throws for 5,000 yards, even in a losing season, this is a team that for sure can compete for a Super Bowl. Do I think that the Eagles are a better team? Yes, yes, I do. But, you know, you, you, can't, you can't discount having a guy like Drew Brees who has that been-there-done-that attitude. You know, he's the kind of guy who will for sure be able to go out there and get things done. I'm not questioning him at all. Mm-hmm. My only questions are, is this defense going to continue to be dominant? If they are, then I think this is a team that very likely – is going to end up at the Super Bowl. Uh, if this defense starts to fall back, then I think they're going to have trouble, especially when we know they're going to run into, most likely, the Philadelphia Eagles, another high-scoring offense. Well, and, um, mm-hmm. and right now, just how if the playoffs were to start this week, the only way the Saints would play the Eagles is in the NFC title game. They would have to go through both Minnesota and then the Eagles if the Eagles won in the divisional round. So they would have to go through both two and maybe one to get to the Super Bowl. Yeah. And there's some good teams out there. I mean, you know, with the way things are going right now with Minnesota, Mm -hmm. Minnesota's defense is going to put a stop to this high-powered offense because that's what they're built for. And they did that week one. Yeah, the problem is that just you know, is Case Keenum going to be able to go toe-to-toe um, when it matters? Mm-hmm. Now, for a team like the Eagles, that's a high-powered offense. Um, but the thing, too, that we got to think about is there's another team out there that's very close to New Orleans. Can I take a guess at who you're going to say? Go ahead and do it. The Rams. No, no, that's actually not where I'm going. Or were you going to go the with the Rams. Falcons? Not at all. Okay. Um, the Rams, I think, are a very interesting one, and they're a high-powered offense. Mm-hmm. But they also have a lot of really great pieces on that defense, too. Yeah. I just think that the the difference for me in that one is I feel like the veteran in Drew Brees mm-hmm. can, can perform a little bit better when it matters most. True. Um, we've seen it happen time and time again. The one The team that I'm saying that I think is not getting – some of the respect that they should deserve right now because they have been performing better than a lot of people have as well is in the same division, and that's the Carolina Panthers. Okay. And the reason why the Carolina Panthers are doing well right now is because Cam Newton, and everybody knows I'm afraid of mobile quarterbacks, but Cam Newton has remembered that he knows how to run. 
and all of a sudden this team can win games again and they can have a really good offense again because Cam Newton thought, huh, if everybody's covered, I'll just run it and I can get a first down because I'm a big boy and it's hard to take me down. Mm -hmm. So, and that's not necessarily uh, a team that I think beats the Saints because I think the Saints are a better team than Carolina, but they are a team that could potentially win the division, which makes the New Orleans track to the Super Bowl quite a bit more difficult. You're taking some case. you're taking some words right out of my mo- mouth, Mark. First thing I wanted to bring up is the last time the Saints had a win streak, because right now they're on an eight-game win streak. The last time the Saints had a win streak right like they had right now was the 2011 season where they started out 5 and 3 then won all their games to finish 13 and 3 that season they ended up well, how far did they go in the playoffs that year lost in the divisional round to the Seahawks however in 2009 they started out 13 and 0 and then lost their last 3 went to the Super Bowl beat uh Peyton Manning in that Super Bowl um, in 2009-2010. So that bodes well. You and Brandon both know I like my history, so that bodes well for the Saints. However, there are a few things to where Saint fans are going to hate me after watching this video, and some of these things that you brought up are some qualms that I have about this team. Number one is the Carolina Panthers. You play them once, I know, that you beat them earlier in the year, but this Carolina Panther team, like you said, a different team than we saw earlier in the year. They look like they're getting their feet under them a little bit. That could be a game. You split that. I expected you to split with the Panthers anyways this season. Then to me, the big two games is you play the Falcons twice. And guess what? The Falcons seem to be, and I know it's just two games, Beaten Dallas, I know they didn't have Ezekiel Elliott, but they beat Dallas, or they didn't have their left tackle, but they beat Dallas. And then they also go into Seattle. Yes, the Legion of Boom is injured, but still, they went in and beat Seattle in Seattle. They're looking after two weeks, getting their footing and trying to make a playoff run of their own. The thing that I think will stop the Saints this year and why I do not think they are a serious Super Bowl contender is because I think up to this point, your schedule has been easy. That's the reason why, yes, the defense has played better. Yes, you have Drew Brees, but your schedule up to this point has been easy. Out of these eight wins, the only game that I'm like, or the only two games where I'm like, okay, you beat a pretty good opponent. I'll say Detroit. Because Detroit earlier in the year, we were saying, oh, could they be a serious contender to win the North? And then the Vikings pretty much came out of nowhere after Sam Bradford got injured and are trying to just take the North away from the Lions. I'll even give you the Redskin game, even though I still think you shouldn't have had to be down in that game because Kirk Cousins hasn't been the Kirk Cousins of old in this year. This has been his worst year of the franchise years I just think your schedule is easy. Playing a weak Carolina team early on that didn't have their feet in front of them. Playing a Miami team that basically Jay Cutler couldn't help this team this year. 
playing a Green Bay team where you were playing Brett Hundley's Green Bay Packers. Like I said, easy win, unless your name's the Bears. Oh, wait, speaking of them, you played them as well with a rookie quarterback. You played Tampa Bay, who's not that good this year. You played Buffalo, who's not that good. Well, Buffalo's 5-5, five and five, but really, there's a reason why we're talking about them benching their quarterback, because they're not that good this year. Your schedule up to this point has been easy, because your two losses have been to teams that are playoff teams, like serious top two in their conferences, Vikings and Patriots. Yes, I know fans are going to say, well, the Vikings had Sam Bradford, and Sam Bradford threw for three touchdowns. Guess what? Case Keenum could beat you too. That's how confident I am in this. The rest of this schedule is going to be important because I look at both Falcon games, and I'll be honest, I look at that Panther and that Ram game, and I go, Show me what you got in these four, because if you can't get through most of these four, there's no way you're going to beat the Vikings and or the Eagles if you play them in the playoffs. Yeah, I think there's definitely some telling games in the future, and I do believe in the Saints. I really do. Um, I just think there's a potential for them to have a harder route to to the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do think that, you know, if I was going to rank teams right now, on their likelihood to go to the Super Bowl in the NFC, the Saints are probably my number two. You know, uh, they're going to be right up there for me at the moment. And a big part of that is Drew Brees. If you can just give Drew Brees the, uh, you know, just the potential option of a run game, defenses aren't going to know what to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is, he always gets kind of left off of the best quarterbacks in the NFL discussion. Um, I no idea why, probably because the team's been a little irrelevant lately. Um, but, I mean, he is going to be the most talented quarterback in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But Drew Brees, I'm sorry, with Aaron Rodgers currently not playing, not starting because he's hurt, Drew Brees automatically gets elevated to most talented. Um, and a lot of that is, you know, just his pure ability to throw all over everybody. Now, the problem for Drew Brees has been a lot of times the teams haven't been that great. Mm -hmm. So now that he has a good team, simply having a run game, that is such an advantage. But he he really just needs that defense to continue to be good. As soon as that defense falls apart, you know, the Saints are no longer contenders. Well, and here's the question that I have, and I've thrown this out before, Mark, is I'm a believer in right now this Saint defense is good because, yes, they have good players on there, but they're young players. When you're going up against teams like a Miami team, like I mentioned, without Ryan Tannehill, who has Jay Cutler, yes, I was high on Jay Cutler in the offseason, but that bit me in the butt. I should have just went with my normal bashing Jay Cutler self. When you play a team like the Packers without Aaron Rodgers, you play a Bears team with a rookie quarterback, a Tampa Bay team that's low. These are easier opponents. I feel like when they get to the playoffs, this rookie team, with the level of opponent that they're going to be playing, plus the added pressure of it being a playoff game, I think in the end it's going to be this defense was good to get them where they were, but then they crumbled when they get to the playoffs and a team like the Vikings or the Eagles just roll right over them. Because let's be honest, I don't even think 
they would win this division. Like you said, where you said that they're your third favorite to have a Super Bowl chance. In the NFC, I would go Eagles are one, Vikings are two. I would say that the Panthers have a better shot to gain momentum and go to the Super Bowl than the Saints. Yeah, it's going to be tough. It it for sure will be tough. Um, I think it's interesting right now that the NFC North, or not NFC North, I'm just used to being a Chicago Mm -hmm. Bears fan, Uh, but the NFC in general is... Loaded? Yeah, it's all about these high-powered offenses right now. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, you've got got the Rams going on, you've got the Saints, Carolina looks like it might get that offense going. Uh, You know, you're so used to having the Packers, but that's not a thing this year. You know, you got all these great high-powered offenses, um, and I'm leaving off the Eagles at the moment. Uh, not on purpose. I did that on accident. Uh, but, you know, you have all these great high-powered offenses that a team like the Saints, if they keep this defense going, that's a team that can make a splash because of the fact that these teams that are used to scoring a ton of points, mm-hmm. as soon as you stop them from doing so, you really get to test their mental psyche, you know, and how likely they are to overcome adversity. And that's one reason why I give Drew Brees a little bit of a nudge over a Jared Goff or mm-hmm. Carson Wentz. Um, but, you know, a team like the like the Vikings are going to be a dangerous team. Especially you know, if you have to play them in Minnesota. Yeah, because, I mean, that's going to be the best defense mm-hmm. that anyone's going to probably face in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh at least on the NFC side. And, you know, I kind of feel like whichever team has to maybe start off, because I don't know if the, I don't know, maybe maybe the Vikings will be the number one or the number two seed. Uh, but whichever team has to go against the Vikings, I feel like Vikings will get that first game. Whether they make it to the Super Bowl, I'm not so convinced, mm-hmm. um, because I do believe eventually you're going to have to have a quarterback of talent at the higher level than Case Keenum. Uh, but I feel like that team is going to upset somebody. If it's the Saints, if it's the Eagles, if it's the Rams, mm-hmm. I don't know who it's going to be. But I feel like that team is going to shut down one of these high-powered offenses in that you know that divisional round and knock one of these big guys out um, and surprise people while doing so. Well, and the one thing, and I'm going to look it up right now because I don't want people to be like, oh, Ricky, you're uh, talking out of your rear end here. But the thing, and I know this is about the Saints, this is the one thing I want to bring up that I just thought about the Vikings since you mentioned them. The reason why they're also one of my tough teams in the Super Bowl, and like I agree with you, we'll get that first game, but can they win in the NFC Championship game? Case Keenum, I mean... Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl with a stout defense. So, I mean, it is possible that a guy just don't make mistakes, get through it, and that's where I think where the Saints have a fighting chance because Drew Brees is a lot better than Case Keenum. But the thing I think that is going to hurt the Saints in the end is the remaining schedule and playoff because, like I said, for the Saints— Got to play the Rams. That one's going to be interesting this week in L.A. The Vikings showed you, hey, we could stop. A good defense can stop this offense. If you take Todd Gurley out of the game, what is this team like? So I think the Saints have a chance to win this one, but Carolina and two Atlantas 
are going to be tough. So what, three and three at, I would say, the worst in this one? Maybe two wins, three wins in your last three. Then you got the Falcons who they get two easy wins for me over the Buccaneers. They play the Saints twice, so maybe if they split, but then Minnesota-Carolina, so they could go three and three. But then I look at Carolina. Yeah, they get the Saints once. Yeah, they get Atlanta once. They get Minnesota. But then those last three, the they play the Jets, the Green Bay, and the Tampa Bay. All they need to do is win a divisional game, maybe win two of those divisional games, and they finish at the top of their division. And that would make the Saints, if they make it to the playoff, the fifth or the sixth. And now instead of hosting the wild card, you're having that defense go on the road in a wild card game. Yeah, so it really kind of comes down to, I think, these divisional games. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what's going to be so important. you got to win within your division uh, to lock up the division. You don't want to go into the wild card. You don't want to go on the road. Uh, make it easy on yourself. Play at home. And the one thing that I said I was going to do the research on, and I hope this makes sense because I looked it up then for nothing in Trent Dilfer's lone season with Baltimore, where they went to the Super Bowl, he had a completion percentage of 59%, had just over 1,000 yards, only seven touchdowns that regular season, and had four interceptions. Whereas Case Keenum right now, his completion percentage is way over that. It's at 65%. He's got 12 touchdowns to five interceptions. Not turning over the ball completing most of his passes, letting the defense go to work. So that's what my little defense of my Vikings there. But this is where I want you guys to come in. Let us know down below. Are the Saints a serious Super Bowl contender? Do you think they're going to go to the Super Bowl? Can they get past the Vikings, get past the Eagles? Can they even get past their divisional slate that they've got to end the season? Let us know what you guys think down below in the comment section. But Mark, let's move on into our third topic. And what we are talking about here is the Kansas City Chiefs. And if you're on YouTube, before you go in the comment section, we're starting off with this. Then we're going to look at a greater scope with the Kansas City Chiefs. But I'm going to get right into it, Mark, and ask you, should the Chiefs start Patrick Mahomes? Go. Uh, No. (laughs) I, I... I think, you know, it's funny because um, I kind of introduced the question to you. Yes, you um, did. My original but, uh, questions were like, can they turn around the season? Are they dead in the water? That kind of a thing. No, I, I wanted to address this because I think it's becoming <laughs> it's becoming a little bit more talked about now because the, oh, the, the Chiefs are on a bit of a struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, as Ricky likes to call it, he likes to call it a downcline. It is a downcline. Um, they're one in what one in four in their last five games. They're they're struggling right now. <laughs> that's for sure. Um, but people are, are really quickly trying to find a spot to point blame, mm-hmm. and it seems like a lot of people are pointing that uh, at Alex Smith. And I sit here and I and I I want to address this question before it really comes up and becomes a controversy because I think it's very close to becoming one. Mm -hmm. And I don't believe that you should bench Alex Smith. No, not a chance in the world. There are other things wrong with this team that are why you're losing games 
that can be fixed. It can be addressed. Mm -hmm. And you don't just go and put the rookie in who has no guarantee of success because he's considered a project. Mm -hmm. Um, Much like Paxton Lynch, who had, what, he's in his third year now, I think? Yeah. Um, He's actually going to start this week. Yeah, just finally going to get a chance to start because the (laughs) seventh-round pick out of Northwestern, you know, the football powerhouse Mm -hmm. uh, from the Big Ten, you know, after he finally sucked up enough to lose his job to to the rookie who is not a rookie. Um, You know, it's just... It just doesn't make sense to me. You know, it's not going to be plug and play. I think people are excited because they saw they saw Deshaun Watson. People are also excited because, you know, Trubisky, even though his team is not winning, mm-hmm. he's looked good. Um, but I think I, this is just not – it's not going to be the thing that so- solves all your problems. Uh, we'll get to some of the things that will solve those problems pretty soon, but, but this is not it. Let's get to it because I'm, I'm with you. Alex Smith is not the problem. Really, the only thing that's wrong about the passing game that I would say is you can't win games when you're only scoring. You're not scoring a touchdown against the Giants, which I was surprised because the Giants are not that good of a team this year. Sorry, New York. And number two, you can't win when you're only scoring 13 against the Steelers. The Raider game, I'm taking that and I'm throwing it out the window. That was just a great game, and that was a great play by, I think it was Amari Cooper and um, Derek Carr in that game. To And that was a one-point loss. That's one where you hang, you go, you know what? We went out there and competed. We did everything that we could to win that game. The other team just showed us up. You know what the one area that I think is more important to be looking at? And this isn't anything to go against your fantasy running back, Mark but it is a concern to me, is early on to start the year, we had Kareem Hunt who in, let's say, what is it, four of the first five wins for this KC team, he had over 100 yards on the ground. And even in the one against the Eagles, he had 81. Ever Mm -hmm. since the Houston game, week six on, 21 yards, 87 yards, 46 yards, 37 yards, and then 73 against the Giants. Yeah, he got to over 80 and over 70 in two of those games, but overall we're seeing a drastic change in this run game. You need to get that going because when you get a guy like Kareem Hunt to supplement the pass and work along with it, that's when you're going to win games. The question is, did teams eventually after five games – get enough film of what they were doing with Hunt to say, okay, this is how we stop them. Well, I, I think you're you're very close to being where you need to be on this one. Okay. Um, you know, in the problem... Let me know where I went wrong, right Mark. And, and Kareem Hunt does need... He needs more. Mm-hmm. But it's not just that Kareem Hunt needs more yards. Uh, the man needs more carries. That too. He's not getting touches. That's really what it comes down to. And I think... This right here mm-hmm. is exactly what we know and what we've seen out of Andy Reid for years. This is exactly what happens with his offenses. He's got a really great offense. Things are going great. He forgets that you have the option to run the ball, and all of a sudden his he team just does stops. poorly. 
he just doesn't do it. Mm-hmm. And it's not like it's just this year. You know, it's something that has happened consistently for him as a coach that he just stops running the ball for some dumb reason. I just want uh, to throw this out really quick. Since mm-hmm. the um, five wins to start the season, the only two, there's three times that Kareem Hunt since week six has been over 18 or more carries. Three of those games, one was the one-point loss to the Raiders that you could have won. The other was the win in Denver. The last one was this past week, the 12-9 to loss in overtime to the Giants. Yeah. You know, it's just, to me, I think that's kind of what it is. I mean, you're really just looking at a pattern from the coach mm-hmm. that you have. And, and that's the thing. No one's ever going to deny that Andy Reid is a great coach. Um, you'd be a fool to deny that, but every coach has their flaws. Andy Reid's flaw that we've known about for the majority of his career is that he abandons the run game and he will abandon it for stretches out of the season. Ask any Eagles fan. Mm-hmm. They're going to remember. They're going to remember what it was like to have Andy Reid not utilize great weapons out of the running game. Uh, and it's, it's, you know, a thing, too, that I, that I look at is Kareem Hunt, sure, he's getting his, he, well, a few of those games he got touches, but he's not really getting the ball thrown to him. You know, and that was such a big um, part of his game and part of what really opened up this, this offense. You don't have that, and that's what's creating problems. And with this, you know, lack of trying out of the run game, Alex Smith doesn't get the opportunity to do something that we had not really seen him do very much, mm-hmm. which was just sling it. You know, we haven't our if you think about some of those first few games where we were talking about Alex Smith shutting up his doubters and telling everybody, yeah, Mahomes is going to stay on the bench because he was slinging it. He was throwing it all day. He was, you know, the number one fantasy quarterback for a while. Uh, now he can't really get away with doing that so much, and he has to go back to the old game-managing dink and dunk because they're just not trying to run the ball. And the thing that I just want to go back to, and this is for our younger audiences out there because this is dipping into the YouTube analytics. Most of our viewers, and if you're watching this, the big majority of you guys, you're either in two groups. You're either in... Mark and I's age group, and you're between 24 and 35. The other big group of our viewers are just below that, 18 to 23. And if my math serves me correctly, if you're more in that 18 to 23, more so at the early part, so you're 18, 19, 20 years old right now, I just want to refresh your memory. You can go on YouTube and... Uh, well, not refresh your memory. You would have been like maybe one or two when uh, these were running backs for the Eagles. But early on, I know that the Eagles had LaShawn McCoy, but they also, for Andy Reid's tenure, had Brian Westbrook before LaShawn McCoy. It was Brian Westbrook from like, what, 2000 to, or 2002 to 2009. Before that, it was kind of Deuce Staley, who was good as well, but it was really. Then you had Brian um, Westbrook into LaShawn McCoy. Most of you guys might only remember LaShawn McCoy. So the Eagles had good running backs. But then you look at where the Eagles went with Andy Reid. And with the Eagles, it was always, 
I'm looking at his playoff tenure, and it's divisional, championship game, championship game, championship game. Oh, he lost to Tom Brady. Divisional, championship game, wild card, wild card. He's never been able to go anywhere. And that's, to me, the biggest crime of this team is when you've got a weapon like Kareem Hunt, why not use him? Why not? Why are you only running the ball nine times against Dallas when you know that they have Ezekiel Elliott on the other side? Why are you only – and I the Steeler game is a little different because I truly think that the Steelers are the Chiefs' kryptonite and no matter – it's kind of like when the Steelers go up against the Patriots. Andy Reid can go up against Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin just knows what to do. It's kind of like when Mike Tomlin goes up against Bill Belichick – Bill Belichick just knows what to do to take his team out of the game. I just don't know why you only give him nine carries in those two games. And the thing I want to ask you, Mark, is a greater question when it comes to the Chiefs is they were very lucky this week that the Raiders lost to the Patriots, the Broncos lost. However, the Chargers did win. And with the Charger win, Chargers are now, I believe, two games in the loss column behind the Chiefs. Chargers have six loss. The Chiefs have four losses. In your mind, do you think the Chargers can catch the Chiefs? Just to run it by you, the Chiefs have in their last few games, Buffalo, Jets, Oakland, Chargers, Dolphins, Broncos, whereas the Chargers have Dallas, but then they have Cleveland, Redskins, Chiefs, Jets, Oakland. Do you think the Chargers could ch- catch the Chiefs for the AFC West? Well, I think they can. I, I do. You know, I, I think a lot of people are laughing off the comments about about the Chargers right now. Mm-hmm. I don't think that the Chargers are as lost as people want to make them seem. We've I talked about them before. We talked about yeah. them about a couple weeks ago. Well, we we always like the Chargers on our mm-hmm. podcast. We're always Charger uh, Especially friendly you. to the Chargers. I I'm always a big fan of the Chargers' potential, um, you know. But I think they're more likely a wild card team because mm-hmm. I do think that if you once again look into Andy Reid's tenure, yes, he forgets about his run game for stretches of time, but then he somehow remembers that they exist. Maybe he watches some tape from the early games. I don't know. But he remembers that it's there, and he starts using it again. Um, and I, I think that they will bounce back. I think they will come back, and they will do well. And I still think that the Chiefs probably win this division. It might be close, um, but I think they're going to win the division still. Uh, I do think that the Chargers, without a doubt, are a real team. Mm-hmm. You know, They have potential to get into the playoffs as a wild card. Um, I really thought for a little bit that the Raiders would kind of get it all together and you know, make their run for it. And I, I think I'm wrong on that one. Um, unless Paxton Lynch goes out there and is absolutely amazing, the Broncos aren't going to do it. Uh, so I definitely think that the Chargers have an opportunity to come up there and compete, uh, but ultimately get that wild card spot. The only thing, I think that this this race, because I don't think, even though I'm ra- wearing my parody shirt for the Oakland Raiders this week, my Rangers shirt, I don't think the Raiders are coming back to make the playoffs in any way. Um, but just looking at the Chargers, looking at the Chiefs, the thing I think that this is going to come down to in this race, I'm pretty sure it's going to come down to the Redskin game for the Chiefs 
and then are the Chargers, and then the game the Chargers play against the Chiefs because I look at the Chiefs' schedule. I know they're one in four in their last five. I like the end of their schedule. I mean, Buffalo to me is not a threat. The Jets could be a trap game because it's in New York. However, I think they can win that one. This Jet team isn't the same Jet team that we saw at the beginning of the year. Oakland could be a loss. Chargers could be a loss. But then you got Miami and the Broncos. And I think at like at best, you're undefeated. But I really see four and two in this final one. Whereas the Chargers, you got to gain two games. So like if the Chiefs go four and two, you got to win out from here on out just to be tied with the Chiefs. Dallas could be a win because they don't have Ezekiel Elliott. They're on a two-game skid. You've got Cleveland, who will probably be still defeated at that point, and you can get the win there. However, wouldn't it be hilarious if last year the Browns gave up the the winless streak to the Chargers if the Chargers returned the favor this week? That'd be an interesting thing to see. But then it's like Redskins, okay, you can lose that one. Chiefs, you can lose. And then the Jets and Raiders... Jets, you can win. Raiders, you might be able to lose. This team might be going even with the Chiefs or letting the Chiefs gain a game on them with their final six games. Yeah, I mean, it's it's certainly possible. I, I still think I, I hold true to the Chiefs will turn it around and they'll keep their division. But uh, you can't count out the Chargers, that's for sure. Um, you know, I think we all kind of look for the Chargers to finally have their year, mm-hmm. um, and it hasn't happened yet. Uh, but for a while, they've had the pieces to do it, you know, and their pass rush is terrifying. You know, all quarterbacks should be scared of that pass rush that they have uh, in, I want to say San Diego, uh, but Los Angeles now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we talked about a team like the like the Saints just a little bit ago, high-powered offense with a good defense. That's basically what what the Chargers are, you know. Um, Philip Rivers is going to get less love than Drew Brees will, um, but they're basically, you know, they're a very similar thing. Now that defense, it's got uh, it's got a few issues here and there too, uh, but I still think that this is a team that really can make a splash. For the Chargers' sake, if they get to the playoffs, I think they can be dangerous. Um, but that's mostly because I think they're a surprise team. And I think that people will underestimate them a little bit. Last thing I want to ask you about the Chiefs is right now they are the fourth best team in the AFC. They are 6-4, and four, one game behind the Jaguars in third place, two games behind the 8-2 and two Steelers and Patriots. What I want to ask you, and I personally think that this giant game was a blessing in disguise for the Chiefs, or it may seem like that, because here's where you go with. I think that the Chiefs may be better off where the playoffs stand right now, may be better off being the fourth seed right now, because then, okay, you get to play the Titans. Of course, you got to beat the Titans in order to go on. But if I'm picking between either the Steelers and the Patriots, to play in the divisional round, if I'm the Chiefs, I will take my luck with Tom Brady and the Patriots because I know I've beat them before. 
rather than going against the Steelers and then just hope that a team like the Jaguars can get something to upset that team to where maybe I don't have to play them in the championship game. Yeah, sure. I mean, you never know how the seeding's going to work mm-hmm. out, so so you can't get too cute with it. But uh, I don't know. I mean, the way the team looks right now for the Chiefs, they they wouldn't be able to beat the Patriots. They wouldn't even come close. Uh, but if they can get things rolling again and they can play the way they played at the beginning of the season when they did play the Patriots, then yeah, they definitely have a chance. Um, you know, it, it amazes me right now, you know, when we run through things and we're like, man, the Jaguars finally got things together. <laughs> We've been saying on paper, this team is good, but just not on the field. They Season's finally not got, over yet, Mark. figured it out. Season's yeah, not over yet. Time. A lot of teams love to fall apart in November, December. So there's definitely still an opportunity for Jacksonville to do so. Uh, but I don't know who in their division is really going to take it from them, but mm-hmm. we'll see. We'll see. Well, and this is where I want you guys at home, either watching or listening, let us know what you guys think down below in the comment section. First off, to the question we talked about earlier, do you think that uh, they should start Patrick Mahomes over Alex Smith? Of course, most of you probably think Alex Smith should stay the starter, but let us know what you think about the Chiefs. Can they turn it around? Are they going to do anything this season? Are they destined to stumble into the playoffs with a division lead and most likely lose to the Patriots and or... Well, they couldn't end it, or it would be the Patriots or the Steelers in the playoffs. Let us know what you guys think down below in the comment section. But Mark, let's end the podcast like we always do. And if you're on YouTube, hello. Usually I would say it's great to see your wonderful faces as this will be the first thing up on Wednesday. However, I don't get to see your faces because you can't see mine because since Mark is calling in, I didn't want to switch the phone graphic back and forth for you guys. So you guys just get screen grabs that I took from either um, ESPN or NFL.com with the games this week as we run through them. But Mark, it is week 12 in the NFL. We've got a slew of games on Thursday as it is Thanksgiving. And we'll start with... To me, the best game of the week, Vikings-Lions in Detroit. Who do you got to open up the Thanksgiving slate? Yeah, this is an awful game. <laughs> uh, I, I hate that I got to watch the Lions every every year. you know. And it's even worse when they play someone like the Packers or, or the Vikings, and, and I got to hate both teams that nobody to <laughs> cheer for. Um, for me, it's a pretty simple one. I definitely mm-hmm. do think that the Lions put up a – a good fight, you know, and, and they kind of have to win. I, I hate to say it, but this is a must-win game for for the Lions uh, if they want to try and win the NFC North. Um, they are, are falling behind fast, mm-hmm. uh, and it certainly doesn't help. But to me, this is a clear cut. That Vikings defense, it's too, it's just too good. I mean, any any chance that this high-powered, uh, you know, Matthew Stafford offense has is gonna just face a brick wall. Um, and if Case Keenum even starts to slightly do poorly, uh, they're going to put Teddy Teddy Bridgewater in there. So, you know, you got two viable quarterback options. You've got an awesome running game that somehow got even better when Delvin Cook got hurt. Uh, amazing defense. There's no reason why, why the Vikings lose this game. Yeah, I'm going with the Vikings as well. You want to know why, though, Mark? Do you really want to know that? why? Because you like the Vikings? I don't know about you. But I am feeling the feeling so far, 
and Adam Thielen is going to be huge for the Vikings in this game. Also, I did not mention the Vikings three-point favorites minus three, and this is a game for sure that if you're asking me, Ricky, you want to take the parlay on this game, I would. I would take the Vikings to win with that line and the over-under at 44.5. I think there's going to be way more than 44.5 points in this game, so I would take Vikings and the over that's just one that I saw I had to throw out there. But the next game we've got, Mark, the Chargers, the Cowboys. Chargers are a one-point favorite. Who you got? Yeah, I think that I think the Chargers are the way to go on this one. You know, uh, Detroit's – I'm sorry, not Detroit. Dallas is it's kind of struggling a little bit right now, understandably, because they just lost one of the most important pieces of their offense. You know, and, and Des Bryant, as good as Des Bryant is as a wide receiver, he is not – the elite Des Bryant he used to be. The defense is not as good as they used to be. Offensive line it has some injury issues. You know, it's just that everything that made this team such a great, complete team is starting to slowly fall apart throughout this season. So as much as I enjoy Dak Prescott, I'm not going to pick him over Phillip Rivers. You know, he's going to have a lot of trouble uh, with that pass rush from San, uh, not San Diego, Los Angeles, to come at him. So I got to go with the Chargers. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Chargers as well. I thought this might have been one that uh, I was going to sneak past you that you may go with the Cowboys. But without Zeke, I don't see the Cowboys winning many of these games. I think the Chargers could steal one on Thanksgiving. And then the nightcapper for the Thursday games is the Giants at two wins. I'm sorry, Giant fans, for giving you the kiss of death. They play the Redskins. Redskins are seven-and-a-half-point favorites. I am going to go with Kirk Cousins, who apparently threw a big bow in Oklahoma City. That's what one of the newspapers said. But, Mark, who do you got, the Giants or the Redskins? So this one I'm going to I'm gonna surprise some people. I'm going to go with the Giants. Really? Uh, really? I am going to pick them. Okay. I think after, after this win, I think it's a little bit of a pep in their step. You know, they feel a little rejuvenated. Uh, Eli Manning, he knows how to get it done when the lights are on. And I think that they're going to surprise some people. And part of the reason I think that this is going to happen is because things were looking too good for them to, to get a nice early pick. You know, they lost to San Francisco, so they're ahead of them. Uh, and now they kind of ruined things and made it more difficult for them to draft a quarterback early. And I think they're going to continue to do that and ruining their chances. So uh, I'm going to go with the New York football Giants. Yeah, and right now I believe the Giants are still in the top five for a top five draft pick. But yet again, Mark, if they win this week, they would ruin that as, yeah, they're still the third pick because the um, Denver Broncos went ahead and won a game and we're at three this year. But then we're going into the Sunday games. The first one, we've got the Buccaneers. We've got the Falcons, these two inverted records. Of each other, four and six, six and four. The Falcons are a nine and a half point favorite. I'm going with the Dirty Birds. How about you? Yeah, if Jameis was there, I'd pick the Bucks. But with Fitz Magic, you know, throwing those magic missiles he's got, I don't think that uh, I don't think that he can go up against Matt Ryan. You know, I know that the the Atlanta Falcons have had their struggles this year. Um, but if they're going to turn it around and they're going to try and make a playoff run, it starts now. Is that what we're calling it now? The magic missile? 
Um, it's pretty, uh, you know, <laughs> he's a magician. He's a magician out there. Next one we've got, we've got an AFC North matchup. The winless Browns, the four and six Bengals. Bengals are eight and a half point favorites. Is this the, is this the week the Browns finally get that win? I thought it would be, uh, didn't I pick them last week uh, or two weeks ago? I, I, sure I might have. I'm pretty sure I did, thinking they would get their first win. But this, today, and by today I mean Sunday, will be the Browns' first win over their divisional uh, opponent, their rival here, mm-hmm. the Cincinnati Bengals. I think if they can, if they can beat anybody, it's got to be the Bengals. And it was two games ago because that was the Lions game, and you said, hey, you know what? The Lions are going to yeah. let them win because the Lions don't want to be or the Lions do want to be the only 0-16 team. That was your reason. Yeah, you can't share you can't share that record. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Bengals in this one. I honestly think this Browns team could go 0-16. I don't think that I was high on them in the offseason, not high on them now. They're gonna continue to lose and go 0 and eleven. Moving on, we've got an AFC South matchup. Titans are three and a half point favorites over the Indianapolis Colts. I am gonna go with the Tennessee Titans. What about you, Mark? Yeah, going with the Titans as well. You know, uh, as much as much fun as it is to to see Jacoby Brissett out there, um, I just you know you know I love this Titans team. You know mm-hmm. I love everything about them. So uh, they're another one of those teams that needs to kind of make a push for the playoffs. Even though they're in it right now, things change very fast. They got to keep winning, otherwise they might lose that wild card spot. Well, and this was a Titan team that was on a little bit of a win streak. Started when they beat this same Colts team early on, won four straight, but then a big loss to the Steelers. That's why I think they're going to get back on track. And the Colts, they have not been good, only a winner of one in their last four. I'm going to ride the hot hand, and that's why I'm picking Tennessee over them. And then the most interesting game of the week for me, the Bills, who are they going to start? The Chiefs, a team we just talked about, not the kind of down on their um, own luck right now. The Chiefs are 10-point favorites, and I think in this one, Chiefs get the win. Alex Smith plays better. I think Kareem Hunt has a good game in this one. Chiefs start to get back on track and, and defeat the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, you're right on with what I'm thinking, too. You know, I think this is the kind of the— uh... Enough is enough, and I, it looks like Andy Reid has started to turn that corner mm-hmm. of allowing Kareem Hunt to touch the ball again. Uh, so I think they have to turn it around. They have to do it now. The Bills are one of those teams where it looks like everything is in disarray and things are starting to fall apart very fast. The next one, I want you to. I'm going to ask you an interesting question. We've got the Dolphins. Right. We've got yeah, the we Patriots. Do. Patriots are a 16-point favorite. Uh-huh. I'm picking the Patriots. I think it's laughable if you don't. But for those people that do are now going to pick the Dolphins, give me your best. Even though you're not picking them probably, give yeah. me your best case like this is why the Dolphins win this game. If you had to, give me a reason why they beat yeah. the Patriots. If they could... If they could beat the Patriots in some some world that exists, maybe uh, Earth fifty two. Really, yeah, it would honestly just be because the Patriots completely underestimate them. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's really what it would come down to. It would come down to uh, 
which is a very solid, doesn't have to be amazing, but a very solid effort from, I assume, Jay Cutler. I don't know if he's going to be healthy or not um, because Matt Moore did have to come in in this last game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it would just take a very solid dink and dunk kind of effort with a lot of ball control. I mean, that, that's the only way that this Adam Gase offense can be successful against a you know Tom Brady out there. They just have to not let Tom Brady be on the field. Uh, and then if they cannot let Tom Brady get out on the field and just sneak their way past, maybe they can squeeze out the divisional trap game. But, you know, there's, there's no way I see it happening. Well, let's move on. We've got the seven-win Carolina Panthers going into East Rutherford, New Jersey, to play the New York football Jets. The Panthers, four-and-a-half-point favorites. The over-under is at 40. Who do you have in this one? I'm going with the high-powered offense of Carolina. Cam Newton getting this team on track a little bit more. Who do you got? Carolina, New York. Yeah, you know me, Ricky. I claw up. That's what I do. <laughs> uh, when you bolt Carolina up Panthers and you claw, there, Mark. Yeah, I mean, just the simple fact that Cam Newton's decided that he's going to take games over and he's going to be willing to put his body on the line uh, and run the ball himself that's just kind of rejuvenated the team, you know, lit the fire under them, and they're sparked. They're ready to go. The next two, I'm going to be honest, are complete blowouts, but I feel like in the next one, you're going to give me your best scenario of how this team that's the underdog might get the win. Eagles hosting the Bears, 13.5-point favorites. I'm going with Philly, but Mark, why does Mitch win this game mm-hmm. for the Bears? Well, here's the thing. I, this, <laughs> this team, when they have beat teams, it's been teams that they've had no business beating. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those games where this, this team has no reason, no right to win this game. Therefore, they will go ahead and do it. They will surprise everybody. But here's an honest thing. you know. Okay. Uh, Dow Loggins actually is realizing that you can throw the ball every once in a while, and that's okay. No one's going to get upset. No one's going to get mad at you for doing so. So he has decided that maybe Mitch can throw the ball on one or two first downs in a game. So if he decides that maybe three or four this time, we might have something. Uh, Dontrell Inman has been doing great. He's sitting there. I mean, great for a Chicago Bears receiver. Um, But he has really kind of opened things up a little bit. you know, Kendall Wright looks okay. It's not it's not a game they can win if they're going to have to go into a shootout because they will never have the opportunity to do that. If they can control the, the time of possession, if they can keep Carson Wentz off the field, um, they might have an opportunity to do something. Now, fortunately, when Alshon Jeffrey, you know, I miss the guy a lot, but when he plays in Chicago, you know, when he is around the Chicago Bears, a lot of times he gets hurt. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm not calling for the guy's injury. I'm not hoping he gets injured because I'll always, you know, love Alshon Jeffrey as a wide receiver, uh, but maybe he won't be available. Who knows? That's kind of the only way the Chicago Bears win. But you're going with the Eagles. No, I'm going to pick the Bears. Oh, okay. Okay. Bears are going to win 45 to 10. 
Marco with the Bears. The next one, though, I think will be another blowout. We've got the Seahawks going into the 49ers. Seahawks, I don't know how they're only six and a half point favorites. I guess it's because the LOB is the wounded LOB. I'm going with the Seahawks in this one. I think Russell Wilson is still too much for this team in the 49ers to handle. Maybe if Jimmy Garoppolo plays, I'd change my opinion. Who are you going with? The 49ers at home or the Seahawks on the road? Yeah, what is what is going on with with Jimmy Garoppolo? Why isn't he Why isn't he starting yet? Um, I, I I don't know if they're just hoping that they'll ha- never have to pay him because if they don't let him start, he why, won't do well. Why mess up getting the second overall pick? That's what I say. Why mess but, that uh, up by winning games? But he's Jimmy Garoppolo is a free agent this year. Franchise, I think they're well going to franchise tag him. I think they've got. That I guess I, I guess I shouldn't be. I guess I shouldn't be surprised if it happens, and I won't be surprised if it happens. Um, but to me, it just doesn't make sense. You, you trade for this guy, an okay amount for him, nothing too mm-hmm. crazy, uh, and you're not starting him. Um, so I guess they went for the best of both worlds. They still want to tank. Uh, but they want to have a quarterback potentially there. If I'm Jimmy, I want to know what he thinks right now. Is he frustrated? Mm-hmm. Is he sitting there going, what the fuck am I still doing on this bench? Uh, but anyways, no, 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 no. It is the Seattle Seahawks. Easy, easy and done. And honestly, I don't know why Jimmy would have a problem because he'd be doing the same thing in New England. He would, but there's a difference between Tom Brady starting in front of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and CJ Bathers. Yeah. We're, uh, you know, there's quite a bit of talent difference there. And I'm looking at an article from, actually, I want to say it's, yeah, from this afternoon, three hours ago from us recording this podcast. And it says in the headline here on, NFL, or on Fox Sports goes, 49ers remain in no rush to start Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback. So it looks like uh, yeah. they're just Look, going I, to let him. I'm looking right here. Lynch says. Yeah, because Lynch says, here's the quote, with all with all our players, we want to set them up for success, probably none more so than a guy we think has the opportunity to be our franchise guy. We're trying to accelerate mm-hmm. the growth, but we don't want to rush it, but it gets a little better and it gets a little more comfortable with each given day. He's working at it extremely yeah. hard. That's just basically them saying, hey, you know what? We don't want to get you hurt on a season where we're going nowhere. We'll start yeah, next they've year. accepted the loss. We'll start and, to and next year. And I think year. that's okay. I'm not going to criticize them for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I'm like, I don't know, an Arizona Cardinals or something like that, I'm going to put some secret messages in there that say, <laughs> hey, we'll start you. Uh-huh. We'd be starting you right now. Mm-hmm. You know, like I want to I wanna make sure that he knows he's got options because mm-hmm. he's a free agent. Unless they anyway, franchise tag him, him, then he can't go nowhere. Unless they do. Yeah, I think that I'm is gonna, fully in the cards for them to do that. I I would agree with you on that one, but I'm picking the Seahawks. Let's move into the afternoon games. Well, actually, that was the start of the afternoon games. Continue on into them. We've got the Broncos. We've got the Raiders. I don't think Paxton Lynch. I think this line now should be more than five for the Raiders. I'm going to go with the black and silver to completely light up Paxton Lynch in his debut for the season. Now, I don't usually do this, but if ever I were to pick a tie, 
I think it would be this game. Are you really going to uh, go with the tie? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to pick a tie because I don't think you should be allowed to pick a tie. Um, I'm just saying, if it was going to happen, it'd be this game. I don't believe in Paxton Lynch. Mm-hmm. I think if he was going to win the starting job, he would have done it before now. I mean, he didn't win the starting job. Trevor Simeon lost it. He lost his starting job. A seventh-round pick from the Big Ten football powerhouse that is Northwestern should not beat your first-round pick. Well, Trevor Simeon lost the job. Then Brock Osweiler claimed another victim at offensive coordinator. Mike McCoy, the latest victim for Brock Osweiler. And then you get Paxton Lynch. Yeah, I, that's true. I was not giving credit to Brock the Cock. <laughs> cock and doodle um, do. So he he does deserve some credit in this whole situation. Uh, but I I just think, I don't know, I, I just can't believe in Paxton Lynch. Um, I, I think that one kind of is being chalked up to a bust for John Elway. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, he could totally prove me wrong. Uh, Derek Carr was very frustrated in this last game, you could see it if you saw him talking to, to his coach, um, Black on the sidelines in that game where they got nearly shut out. They should have been shut out. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to turn it around though. I mean, that level of frustration, you end up putting the work in to be a better team after a game like that. The, uh, the Oakland Raiders will win this one. Next game. We've got, we've got the saints. We talked about earlier. We've got the Rams, this is an interesting one. Who are you going with? The eight and two Saints, the seven and three Rams in LA. Because it's in LA, I gotta go with the Rams. Even though I think that the Saints are a better team, I think the home field advantage is gonna be enough to push this LA Rams team uh over the edge of beating the New Orleans Saints. I definitely believe We'll see a shootout, and it's mm-hmm. going to be fun. This is going to be young blood versus old blood here. Uh, but I'm going to go with Jared Goff and the L.A. Rams. So I'm going to ask you this, because I'm going to go mm-hmm. with the Saints, even though I think this could go either way. So the line for the game is Rams uh, Rams negative 2.5. The over-under is at 53.5. If someone came up to you and said, I'm going to give you a bet, but you have to take this. It's a parlay. You have to take the Rams at negative 2.5, which you said you'll do, but you have to take the over also at 53.5. Would you do that in this one? Oh, yeah, definitely. So would. you would take both. You would take that parlay bet. I would. I would take them both. And, and here's why. Okay. Because this team, these are two high-powered offenses. The Rams are have consistently been one of the best, if not the best, scoring offenses mm-hmm. in the NFL. And I know they're going up against a really good defense, uh, but this is just going to be one of those shootouts. And that def- those defenses are going to be tired. Both defenses are going to be tired because they're going to be going uh, against teams that know how to score fast. And even though, you know, even though you, like I said. You have that good defense, and you have a good running game in New Orleans that could potentially slow things down. I'm expecting just guns blazing. This is a highlight reel type of game. So without a doubt, 
this game can easily get to, you know, like a 45-40. And I know that doesn't make the bet happen. But I'm just saying, like, this can easily get into the 40s type of game. This is going to be a very close one where it's probably going to be the last team to touch the ball wins. Then our last three games, we've got Jaguars, we've got Cardinals in Arizona. Jaguars, four-and-a-half-point favorites. I am going to go with this Jaguars team. How about you? We taught, I mean, part of me wants to pick the Jaguars, but I just don't really believe in them that much, mm-hmm. even though they, they keep proving me wrong on it. Um, and I do love this defense. And I just... In my head right now, Ricky, just to let everybody know, I'm trying to convince myself that I should pick the Arizona Cardinals. And I just I just can't do it. I tried. I tried to convince myself that they can win. They can pull up the trap game. They can pull off the upset. Uh, but I can't do it. I'm going to go with the Jaguars. And then for this next one, I actually want to start a petition right now here on the onside kick. I feel like this game, the Packers and the Steelers, should not be the Sunday night game this week, that we should start a petition to flex Saints-Rams into the Sunday night game because I just I don't think that Packers-Steelers is going to be that good of a game. The Steelers are not yeah. the Chicago Bears. Brett Hundley loses again. Packers go 5-6. and six. Steelers win being the two-touchdown favorite. I agree. I agree. It will not be a good game for Brett Hundley. Then our last one, we've got the Texans in Baltimore to play the Baltimore Ravens. Ravens are a one-touchdown favorite. Who do you got, Mark? Uh, I gotta, I gotta agree on this one. I'm gonna go with the Ravens. You know, I if Deshaun Watson was there, it's a whole different story, and then I'm gonna mm-hmm. easily take Deshaun Watson. But if he's not gonna be out on the field because he's hurt, then obviously I gotta go with the Ravens. And really, uh, you're reading my mind because I didn't make a pick, but I'm going to go with the Ravens in that one. You agreed with nobody, but apparently Mark has developed how to uh, how to read minds here on the onside well, I, kick. I, I agreed with the line. Okay. I thought you were agreeing with me. I was like, in my head, I'm like, I thought about it, but I didn't really <laughs> say it. So Mark, the mind reader here on the onside kick, but that is going to do it here. For the onside kick here on Most Valuable Podcast, before I get into my normal spiel here at the end, a very special housekeeping for you guys, as it is Thanksgiving here in the States. want to just say, hey, we're thankful here at MVP for all you guys out there, all of our fans for watching the videos on YouTube, for checking us out on Blog Talk Radio, for hitting us up on Twitter commenting in the comment section, letting us know what you guys think. We wouldn't be able to do this without you guys. Just wanted to let you guys know that we're thankful for you guys. We're thankful for the support of you guys, our fans. Now into the normal housekeeping, patreon.com backslash most available podcast. If you haven't checked it out, link down below in the description. If you can help out the channel, we'd really appreciate it. Also, if you want to, you should Five-star rating on iTunes would really help us out also. Onside Kick, Fast Break, the Primetime Podcast, Rick and Johnny Podcast. Give us that five-star rating. I want to thank you guys for checking out the podcast this week. Mark will hopefully be back in the studio next week, and we'll be back with more football topics. But as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast.
Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.